And we are back with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I have one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavoda, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, an interesting week in college football to say the least. A top five team got demolished this past weekend, has now fallen from the rankings of the college football playoff. And now we're starting to see some other teams start to emerge as potential playoff suitors for this upcoming college football playoff uh, season. Yeah, like you said, a little bit more stability this week outside of a top five team being absolutely destroyed. Uh, this season's been pretty electric and hectic to say the least, but a little bit more stability this week. A couple of scares, and by a couple, I mean a lot of scares. A lot of them, yeah. And pretty much anyone who wants to be in college football playoffs, they're playing with their own destiny right now. Anyone, Any one of those top six teams, that's their destiny is in their hands. So they're not relying on any anyone to either win or lose. If you're in the top six, your destiny is 100% in your hands, and that's something to look forward to. You're absolutely right. I mean, you're playing with your own house money. You have to maintain the course and keep it that way if you're going to make the, the college football playoff this season. And for a team like Tennessee, that was that was really realistically something that they were going for them. All they had to do was just remain, you know, win out, and they would be in the conversation to potentially be an at-large team for the college football playoff, but this past sun, this past Saturday, I should say, they went into South Carolina and they got absolutely demolished by the Gamecocks. They lose sixty-three to thirty-eight. The final. Spencer Rattler, the former Oklahoma quarterback, monster day for him. He throws for four hundred thirty-eight yards and six touchdowns. His coming out party into the college football world. You know, we kind of we knew about him when it, during his high school tenure. And everyone thought he was going to be a monster at Oklahoma. Obviously, that did not work out for him. But it looks like he's starting to get some big-time momentum with South Carolina. He gets a big-time win over Tennessee, who at the time was ranked fifth in the country. They now lose this game, and they're pretty much now out of the college football playoff. And not only do they lose this game, they lose their star quarterback, Hendon Hooker. He tears his ACL in this game. He is now done for the rest of the season. A major blow for the Volunteers. They'll now be rolling with Joe Milton the third down the rest of the season. But for Tennessee, like you said, Johnson, you have to just maintain and stay the course, and you would have been in the college football playoff. For the Volunteers, that dream is going to have to wait till next season as they fall this week to South Carolina. I think any other year, if you told a Tennessee fan they're going to be 8-3 and three this far into the season, they would have taken that. It's the way how they got to this record, which makes it so heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, they blew out LSU earlier in the season. LSU right now is starting to emerge as a team that could potentially be in the playoff. They got a big-time win against Alabama, too. And you're right. I, I, no one would have expected them to be 9-1 and going into this game. And then falling, not only in the fashion that they did, but then they lose their star quarterback, who's been a monster for them this season. Really just, you know, one domino falling after another for the Volunteers. Now they have to just see where they're going to be playing in this year's college uh, bowl season. Probably will be a new, in a New York Six Bowl, but you're right. They could have easily been in the college football playoff if they were able to win this game and win next week against Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, it's going to be certainly something to look forward to. And I do want to say one thing about Spencer Rattlerville. People thought he was going to be the number one overall pick eventually. And he had yeah. such a fall from grace. And I'm happy to see him finally kind of pick up the pieces of his shattered career and he still has a lot to kind of put together and he can still really be a good NFL quarterback and hey he showed it versus a top five team this weekend 
putting up 60 plus on them. So I'm looking forward to see what South Carolina can do in the future. We talk about the future of the SEC. South Carolina definitely has the pieces now to kind of make a run towards the uh, in the near future. Yeah, I mean, if they can get some big-time recruits, they'll definitely be a team to be reckoned with in the SEC East. But as of right now, I mean, they're 7-4 in the season. They've got a chance to pull off another big upset this week against Clemson. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But I think we need to get into this next game, Johnson. A absolute instant thriller between USC and UCLA. Big-time win for the Trojans. They hold on 48-45. to Johnson, I said it in the last show. These two defenses have not been good this season. There is a reason why I took the over the 75 and a half. It shattered in this game. Big time performance from Caleb Williams. He throws for 470 yards, two touchdowns. Austin Jones ran for 120 yards and two touchdowns. And at the end of the day, USC gets a monster win. They now punch their ticket into the Pac-12 championship. They'll either be playing, I believe, Oregon or Washington. For the Pac-12 title, so a big-time win for USC, and they're slowly but surely getting closer to potentially playing in this year's college football playoff. Yeah, like we said last week, the over was definitely going to hit. We I did take UCLA minus two and a half, so I'm very upset that 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 didn't hit. It was so close to immortality, getting that nice sweet two-leg parlay. But hey, you can't win them all. But USC, that was their trap game. UCLA, that was 100. percent their trap game and hey they proved me wrong and pretty much now i think they have a uh i don't want to say they punched their tickets to the college football playoffs but they're certainly boarding the train right now yeah there, there's still a lot of work for usc to be done they need to they obviously have a monster game this week with Notre Dame, and then they have the pac-12 championship with the like i said they'll either be playing one of oregon or washington so there's still a lot of work to be done for the trojans if they're going to make the college football playoff but you're right, this is a monster win for them this past week. Now the question is going to be, can they keep this going for them? We'll have to see this upcoming weekend against Notre Dame. Yeah, this is a, speaking of trap games, I think this is probably even a larger trap game of how well Notre Dame has performed in the latter half of the season. If you erase that, those losses to Marshall and Stanford, man, they, they'd probably be in the talk for the college football playoffs right now. Shout out Ryan Hicks and uh, watching his Irish season die by week two. That was kind of funny, but now they can play spoiler, which I think is even more fun than playing for a championship. I mean, yeah, you got nothing. I mean, at this rate for Notre Dame, you're right. They have nothing to lose. You could easily play spoiler and knock off the Trojans and end their national championship hopes with the win this week at USC. Yeah, absolutely. I want to head into this next game now. Michigan, the surviving to say the least absolutely limping across the finish line here now i don't know if anyone else who's listening to this watch this game from start to finish but towards the end of that game i will say a couple things here jim harbaugh trusted his defense when it mattered he took the points when they were down by a touchdown and there's five minutes left in the clock. He took the points. He said, I'm going to trust my defense to make a stop to get the ball back and give my offense enough time to go back down the field and score, which is the right call. So he made the right call there. He just didn't go for it on fourth down. He took the points. Great. Then he finally gets the ball back. He's in field goal range. Now, he he gets the field goal range, and multiple times when he's already in field goal range, 
comfortably within 40 yards, he's passing the ball. So he went from probably one of the best coaching I've seen this year in college football to some of the worst coaching. He's passing, and there's not good passes. There's rushers on the line. They're getting blitzed. They're making passes, and their passes are getting tipped. They're throwing to the enemy uh, defense. And they were, quite frankly, they were one tip pass away for one guy being fast enough from ending their season when he was already in field goal range for a minute. So I don't know why he decides to keep passing the ball when he's already in field goal range. He's in the middle of the field. They have the wind going in the direction. He probably could have been, he would have been good from 65 yards when he hit that game winner. So I don't know what that question was. I don't know what that coaching was at the end there. That kind of scares me. I was saying the same thing. I, I remember Michigan was going down the field, and I said to myself, I said to someone, I said, why is Michigan passing the football in this situation when they're in field goal range? All you have to do is just milk the clock and not give Illinois any time. Now, at the end of the day, it didn't hurt the Wolverines because they were still able to get basically what, what, what at the end of the day, is basically a chip shot, 35-yard field goal for Jake Moody. That was his fourth field goal of the game. So he's really, realistically, the MVP for the Wolverines at, at the end of this game. And you're right. They survive against an Illinois team that right now is still in the hunt for the Big Ten, you know, try to play for the Big Ten championship. But they lose a heartbreaker, 19-17. to Michigan just escaping with the win. They now go to 11-0, the big game this upcoming weekend with Ohio State. The question now for Michigan is, is Blake Corm, their star running back, going to be able to play in this game? He had 108 yards against Illinois and a touchdown, but he does get injured in the game, so he is questionable against Ohio State this upcoming weekend. They need him big more than ever if they're going to have a chance to go on the road and upset the Buckeyes this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, that's a game everyone's looking forward to. We're going to talk about that later in the show, but let's speaking of the Buckeyes, let's talk about their win versus Maryland. Maryland starting that game really hot, going up 13-7 to seven or 6 early in the game. Looking like, hey, they're going to go punch for punch. And at the end, Ohio State's able to mount the comeback and have a solid win over Maryland. Uh, really not much to say about this, but both Michigan and Ohio State looked kind of ugly this week. And yeah. I don't know if they're both looking ahead towards each other. That's what I'm going to assume it was. But if they were and they survived, man, this is going to be one hell of a game this weekend. Well, I mean, Ohio State, they did not play good in that first half of that game. And it's weird because it seems as if the past couple of seasons, from what I remember, Ohio State really struggles with Maryland. They've really had some close encounters with the Terrapins. The Terrapins usually, you know, give their A-plus effort in these games against the Buckeyes. And they did it again in this game. I mean, they went into the half up 13-10. It looked like Ohio State was going to be in trouble. But they started to, you know, run away with the game in the third quarter. They went into the fourth of 14 points. But again, Ohio State, they could not keep Maryland away. Maryland made it as close as as close as a three-point game at one point. But the Ohio State defense got the stops that they needed the most down the stretch of the game, and they're able to hold on for a 43-30 win. They go to 11-0. They will play Michigan this upcoming Saturday. Ohio State, though, they need their defense to play a lot better than this because if they don't against Michigan this upcoming Saturday, they could be in for a lot of trouble against the Wolverines. I can't wait to watch this game, and I'm sure all of America can't wait to watch this game. So I've seen that a lot of these teams, Ohio State tends to be a second-half team. Michigan is also a second-half team, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. But I want to talk about another team that kind of squeaked by, TCU, barely, barely winning against Baylor. Lowly, lowly Baylor, probably the second-worst team in the Big 12. 
You could fill no. in the blank who the worst team is. I can tell you right now the 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 fill in the blank team. Well, no, Iowa State's number one. Then it's you know who, and then you can you can you can potentially say. And you can put Iowa. You really can put Iowa State West over Baylor and West Virginia. Absolutely, Iowa State's been horrible this season. Oh man, at least they have a redeemable defense, Phil. Anyways, yeah. uh, Anyway, TCU hanging on a last second field goal. TCU seems to be a team of destiny. No matter what situation they're put in week after week, it doesn't matter if you're on the road or at home, if you're down by 10, if you're up by 10, they just keep winning. And I'm not going to bet against them at this point. It seems like it's TCU's destiny to make the college football playoffs. I mean, you want to talk about squeaking out a win. This is by far the definition of it. TCU getting a touchdown with two minutes left to make it a two-point game. They don't get the two-point conversion. And then in there, you're thinking to yourself, all right, that's it. This is where the the season ends for TCU. A magical season, to say the least, but it's got to end there. There's no way that they can keep this up. But their defense did what they needed to do. They got to stop. They got the ball back. And, with, you know, the time running down, TCU ran their special teams unit onto the field, and they kicked a 40-yard field goal as time expired to win the game. They win this one 29-28. You said, Johnson, this could be the team of destiny. They're now 11-0 in the season, one game left on the year. They play Iowa State, so maybe they can come back to bite me, you know, after that comment I just said about them being the worst team in the Big 12 earlier. But they have one game left against Iowa State this coming Saturday, and then it's the Big 12 championship game. Now, the question is who are they going to play in the Big 12 championship. It's either going to be Kansas State or Texas. That will be decided this upcoming Saturday. But for the Horn Frogs, if they win these next two games, they for sure will be in this year's college football playoff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, but TCU barely hanging on. So I want to head into the next game now. Also, very underwhelming. So the theme at the beginning of this show was, yes, all the top 10 teams kind of survived just outside Tennessee, but at what cost? And you guys see this again with Georgia. I, this was a terrible game. I know yeah, Kentucky, by far Georgia's yeah. worst offensive game of, of the past two, three, maybe five years, they they had played really was, bad offensively. This was this was terrible. I mean, they hope they're lucky because Kentucky is a collapsing program. I think if they play any other SEC team at this point, probably besides them or A and M, they would have lost this game. If they played Alabama right now, they probably would have lost by forty points. And maybe it was just an off week for Georgia, but Kentucky didn't. They're not good at all right now. Will Levis no. continues to play himself out of a draft and. Uh, and Georgia's defense is the only reason why they stayed in this game. They held Kentucky to six points. Georgia hangs on 16-6, but this was an ugly game. Yeah, I mean, this was just not a pretty game to say, at least, as you said. And then you got to think about this way. Georgia got a great game from Kenny McIntosh. He ran for 143 yards and a touchdown. He's a big reason why Georgia wins this game. But the defense played phenomenal. They took advantage of a Kentucky team that's been struggling the last couple of weeks offensively. Will Lovis, as you said, has really played himself out of the first round of the NFL draft at this current moment. So only we'll have to see where he will be at the end of the day when the NFL draft comes around. But for Georgia, I mean, it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but they got the win at the end of the day. They go to 11-0, one game left in the regular season against their rivals, Georgia Tech, and then the SEC Championship game against LSU. The Dogs, I think either if they win or lose, they're going to be in this year's college football playoff, to say the least, as they look to reclaim their throne that they won last season. Yeah, I think uh, the best way to describe the current state of college football is to survive and advance, kind of like in the NCAA tournament, where, hey, 
you're kind of this far already. Now you just have to really just survive by any means whatsoever. And if Georgia can leak, listen, Georgia, if they win the next two games by combined two points, they're going to make the college football playoffs. So uh, the play is kind of irrelevant right now, but it's a little bit concerning. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, you, when you play Georgia Tech this upcoming weekend, maybe that's a game you get back on track and get back to your best offensive games of this you have had earlier in the season. But you never know. I mean, Georgia Tech, I mean, let's get into their their game against North Carolina. They just pull off a pretty much a big-time upset in this game. They were down 17-0, Johnson, in this game. They scored 21 unanswered points, and they stunned North Carolina on the road 21-17. This is a North Carolina team that's got that had a lot of momentum going into the week. They're going to be playing Clemson in the ACC championship game, but they fall off track and lose this game. And Georgia Tech, they pull off a stunning upset as they head into their matchup with Georgia this upcoming week. Yeah, I want. I was watching this game live, and the people around me could not believe what was going on. When I say live, I mean not in North Carolina, but watching it out in public, and no one could believe what was going on. Again, that was another... And it wasn't like North Carolina wasn't playing for anything. They were still playing for a really big bowl game, potentially. I still think they can make the ACC I mean, championship. They make, no, they're, they're, in the, they're automatically in. Yeah, they, they, okay, no, so, one can, no one can touch them. Yeah, the so division. theoretically, they were still kind of playing for an outside chance of making the the uh, college football playoffs if everyone ahead of you lost. So they were still yeah, playing for something. Chaos. It's it's not like they weren't playing for anything, but now they're going to get a mediocre bowl game at best. And Unless they won the ACC championship game, but yeah. I still think if they win the ACC championship, they still get a mediocre bowl game. I don't think they get anything. Well, no, they, no they'll, give it, they'll give them a good bowl. When you when you are in a Power 5 conference and you win a big-time bowl, like you win a, a Power 5 championship, you're going you're gonna to get a good bowl. They'll be at a New Year's Six Bowl for sure if they win the ACC title. Anyways, that uh, big gift of 21 straight unanswered points to Georgia Tech, a team that's been pretty mediocre over the last couple of years. And yeah. there's really not much to say that North Carolina season is another, this is another team that's sort of so promising, but they're collapsing at the end here. So this has been a real make or break couple of weeks for these teams. Like we've seen like North Carolina or Kentucky or Wake Forest. Nick, I don't want to mention it, but like Syracuse over the last couple of weeks, no, you're guys right. kind of start off strong, and then over the last couple of weeks, they kind of falter. Well, there's one team you you forgot to mention. I think that's I'm going to bring it up in this next game that we're going to talk about. Ole Miss, they started off the season very promising as well, but as of late, they're starting to falter as well. They go on the road to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks, and they got annihilated in this game. Score doesn't look like that on paper, but they went into the fourth quarter trailing 42 to six. And they lose yeah. this one at the end of the day, 42-27. So, big-time win for the Arkansas Razorbacks. But for Ole Miss, like I said, they started the season off very promising. Looked like maybe could be a sleeper team in this for the college football playoff. But now, they have fallen. They're now their third loss of the season. And, Johnson, we, you know, we've seen the rumors. Lane Kiffin, they're starting to see some rumors of potentially him maybe leaving to go to Auburn. Not sure how true those rumors are, but... For an Ole Miss Rebel fan, right now is not a good time to be seeing your team starting to "quote unquote" fall during the this stretch of the season with their biggest rival, Mississippi State, upcoming this Saturday. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. I don't think uh, I don't think anyone wins this game. I think it's just two losers. But 
like you said, Old Miss started off so promising, probably the best season the last 10, 15 years or so. I, I can't remember the last time they started off this strong. The last the last time they started off the strong was when they had Chad Kelly at quarterback and they went into Alabama and actually beat Alabama. But and what you're year right, was that? I think that was twenty six I wanna say twenty sixteen, maybe twenty fifteen. Oh, so I'm giving a little bit uh give him not not enough credit, man. So still the last best season in the last ten years or so. Uh but yeah, this hasn't been very good for him at all this year and Again, another team that's just faltering towards the end there. Another team that, hey, listen, there could be a player, you know, towards the end of the season. Just kind of unprecedented to see this many teams collapse this hard, uh, especially when the college football playoffs is actually wide open for the first time, probably since since its inception. I don't think it's ever been this wide open. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but at least in the uh, this era of the college football playoffs, of the, getting to the national championship, I don't think it's ever been this wide open before. I mean, the issue is Georgia. I, I still think Georgia is the team to be. They've been dominant most of the season. I know they had a, a bad game this past week against Kentucky. But, I mean, listen, a team is not going to be dominant all season and going to get to the college football playoff and not win. They, you have those one or two games that you kind of oh, play really terrible. But you still win. You're still a really good team at the end of the day. I still think it's Georgia's to lose. Ohio State hasn't been, you know, as good as Georgia, same thing with Michigan. I feel like there's still flaws in those two teams. And then the question for the four team, I mean, is TCU really going to, you know, keep up with a team like Georgia? At the end of the day, I just don't think they have enough star power to do so. And then you have a team like LSU that maybe could pull off an upset, but I just don't think they're at the current stage where they need to be in order to pull off an upset like that against a really good Georgia team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops later on, but I want to head into our next game here. Oregon, again, another team that started off, I don't want to say promising, but they had a lot of promise going into the season. They redeemed themselves later on as the season goes on. And hanging on versus the Utah Utes. Utah, I don't think, was very good. To start with, they were ranked, I believe, as high as 12 or 13. You can correct me if I'm no, they wrong, were, Nick. They were, they were uh, number seven at one point. They started the season off the second team in the country. Number yeah. seven, the very beginning of the season. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Utah was that good to begin with, and I think over the last couple of weeks we've kind of determined that that was uh, kind of true. But Oregon, another te- team that still, I guess, has an outside chance of making the college football playoffs, they'd have to really run uh, the table here. Nah, it, it would have to be absolute chaos for them to even have maybe a slight chance. But there, there's realistically no shot of them making it. They're going to give them like a one percent chance, maybe less than that, honestly. Because you got to think about it. When they lost to Washington, that pretty much sealed their fate. If they had won that game, you're absolutely right. They're still in the hunt because they have the Pac-12 championship, and then that's and then they have the game this weekend with Oregon State, and that's a big game too. Because the Ducks need to win the game, and they need a Washington loss to play for the Pac-12 championship. If not, then Washington will play USC in this year's Pac-12 title. But at the end of the day, the Ducks get a big-time win, and they did it due to the fact that Cameron Rising for Utah throwing three interceptions. Those proved to be three costly picks. It hurts the Utes. And listen, Utah has started to play a little bit better as of late, but they, this is their third loss of the season. They pretty much now have no chance of making the Pac-12 championship game now. So for Oregon, it's a big-time win. They stay alive in the Pac-12 title race, but they still need to get the job done this upcoming Saturday when they take on their big-time rival, Oregon State. And Oregon State has looked very good this season. 
they could be a sneaky team and pull off maybe a potential big time upset. Yeah, and speaking of the college football playoffs, so this is very interesting, Nick, and I want to read you the stats that ESPN has given to us. So top four currently is Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Do you know they give Georgia a 99% chance of making the college football playoffs? This is according to ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Ohio State a 96% chance. Get this. They give Michigan an 81% chance, and then they give TCU a 58% chance of making the college football playoffs. So I'll tell you why they're giving Ohio State a big-time percentage like that. I, I know nobody... they're giving Ohio State a, a big-time percentage like that, too. But they're also giving – I, I yeah. think it's kind of asinine to give both Michigan and Ohio State such high percentages like that. I think it's due in fact that – I don't think the committee or ESPN, whoever whoever's giving the that stat – This is ESPN. Is, so ESPN, I think they're, they're realizing, listen, this college football season has been nothing short of incredible, and it's very unpredictable. So there's still realistically a, a chance it, whoever loses the game between Ohio State and Michigan, they still technically have a chance to right. make the college football playoff because a lot of things would have to happen. TCU would have to lose the Big 12 title. Then USC would have to lose the Pac-12 title. But that's also if USC doesn't lose this upcoming week against Notre Dame. So there's still realistically a good chance that Ohio State and Michigan both could make the college football playoff. They also would need Georgia to beat LSU because if LSU beat Georgia – then they're screwed because that's two SEC teams automatically being in. No matter what, Georgia's going to make the playoff unless they somehow, which is by far not going to happen this week, but they give LSU a seven percent. They give LSU a seven percent chance. Uh, by the way, ESPN. Yeah, that, I, I think that's that's fair. I mean, listen, LSU. I, the jury's still out on them. I listen. They've been playing great as of late. I still think they're going on the road this week against Texas A and M. I don't like that matchup for them, so I don't know per se, if they're going to win that game or not. But they realistically could make the college football playoff if they pull off that... St- uh, a mon- uh, I don't even know what the word is. Monster I mean, upset. Monster, humongous, whatever, whatever big-time adjective you want to use for that. That that would be the case for LSU in that game against Georgia because realistically, on paper, LSU doesn't seem like as if they're there yet to compete with a team like Georgia, but maybe I'm wrong. They beat Alabama this season, and we thought Alabama would be, be the team that would dethrone Georgia. So, at the end of the day, for Michigan and Ohio State, realistically, there's still a chance, but they would need teams like TCU, LSU, and USC to all lose in order for two Big Ten teams to make the college football playoff. Yeah, I just want to point out, it's kind of weird to me not to be talking about Alabama at this point in the season. That's uh, yeah, that's a strange one to me, but I'm kind of okay with it. Well, think about this too, Johnson. This could be the final time we see uh, Bryce Young and Will Anderson, two guys, two of the stars for Alabama. This could be the last time we see them in Alabama uniform this upcoming Saturday. Because, listen, if they're not going to be playing for the college football playoff, they're pretty much going to be in a bowl game. They could just skip the bowl game and just get ready for the NFL draft. So this upcoming Saturday could be the final time you see those two in an Alabama uniform. Would be the end of an era. or the end. I, I, it's so hard to say the end of an era because there's so many. I think the whole past 15 years for Alabama is just one big era and they're just kind of pieces it kind of cogs in the wheel uh if, if you would if you could say that but it would be kind of strange to see that's how Bryce Young's college career goes out it's just in a regular season game I don't think anyone could you know write it like that yeah I mean listen with two losses on the season Alabama they realistically don't have a chance to make the, the college football play playoff so I mean it would be interesting to see if that happens, if this is the last time we see Bryce Young and Will Anderson playing college football. 
would be something to see. But I want to head into our next segment, Nick, and I think you dubbed this DGENs R Us. <laughs> I'm going to dub it as that, but I, I'm sure as everyone, if anyone didn't hear from the NFL discussion, we're looking to figure out a tile for this segment and where we give everyone our picks for either the you know money line spread over the under for the big games for not only this the week. NFL, but for college football for this upcoming weekend. So we're kind of looking for a name to name this segment. Obviously, we'll be posting it on all of our socials, you know, it, it, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatnot. We'll be looking to hear back from our viewers, you know, our listeners, I should say, and see what you guys think we should name the segment. But being that as it may, let's get into the big first game of the week. Baylor on the road against the Texas Longhorns. Now, this is a big game when it comes down to the Big 12 because the Texas Longhorns still have a chance to make the Big 12 championship. If they are able to beat Baylor and Kansas State loses to Kansas, Texas will play TCU in the Big 12 championship. Johnson, what are your thoughts about this game? Give me the over. Uh, This is Big 12. They don't play defense. Baylor has probably the most god-awful defense in this conference. Uh, Texas might get 55 points by themselves after what they did to Kansas. I missed that game by a million miles last week. So I'm going to say the over here is easy at 55 and a half. I think you're right, and I'm not, I'm, I'm going to take not only the over. I'm going to take Texas. Uh, I'll take Texas minus eight and a half. I'm gonna, I'll take the spread. I just think Baylor has been playing some really bad football as of late, and Texas, you know, got a big time win last week against Kansas, and they they know what's at stake. They have to win this game, and they have to go all out if they're going to want to play for the Big Twelve championship. So they cannot let any you know fallings happen in this game. They cannot let Baylor have any hope. They've got to keep, you know, the foot on the gas and get a big time win against Baylor this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. And I'm going to give Grayson's pick. He took great Texas minus oh, cor- eight and a half. He thinks they're going to cover. Yep. Correction, I, I forgot. I said Saturday. This game's on Friday. I forgot. There's a couple games this upcoming Friday. This is one of them. Uh, of course, it's that time of the year where college football is on almost every day of the week. What a glorious yep. time to be alive. Yep. Right, well, let's get into the, the next game, Johnson. Another game that's going to be happening this Friday. Florida and Florida State. Now, obviously, has not been a great season for the Gators. They've kind of fallen as of late. They still have a big-time playmaker in Anthony Richardson, but they're coming off a loss to Vanderbilt this past come Saturday. Meanwhile, Florida State's had a really good resurgence season. They're 8-3 on the year. Looking to get that ninth win of the season. This game is in Tallahassee. Johnson, what are your thoughts about this? So, I don't trust either of these teams. However, I will say... Florida State has looked like a whole different team in the second half of the season rather than the first half. They were just rattling off win after win. That doesn't matter about their opponents. What's matter is they're winning right now. So I'm yep. going to ride the hot hand here. I'm going to take Florida State minus nine and a half. Okay. I'm going to take the over because Florida's defense just gave up 31 to Vanderbilt. So if you're going to give up 31 to Vanderbilt, I don't trust you in the following week, especially when you're facing. Florida State. It's so weird too because they gave up the previous week before that Johnson. They gave up six points to South Carolina, who just gave up put up sixty three on Tennessee. So yeah, this is such no a weird this year. Yeah, there's just no consistency whatsoever. I'll take the over, and honestly, I think Florida is going to keep this close. I think I would. I think I like Florida plus nine and a half. I think with the playmaking ability of Anthony Richardson, I think that would just keep them in the game enough. But I still like Florida State at the end of the day to win the game. Okay, so that's the over 58 for you. Florida plus nine half for you. Grayson, who is, cannot join us tonight, 
or right now I should say, is taking Florida State money line. So he's a believer in Florida State. Uh, Nick, I want to head into this next game for you. The Battle of the State of Alabama. The, the Iron Bowl. Coveted Iron Bowl, which would be way more exciting if both these teams were good. Unfortunately, Alabama's the only oh, one good of them team is this good. year. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, Alabama's the only good team right now. Maybe it'll change next year. Uh, like you know, like everyone knows, college football can change on the drop of a dime. So let's get into this. We have Auburn going into Tuscaloosa. Alabama minus twenty two favorites at home. Over under is at forty nine. I'm going to say this right now. I like the over. I like the over. I'm right with you on that one. Which is strange for an SEC game, but the way Alabama's defense has played in the latter half of the season, along with their offense, which can still put up 30 or 40 points on any given night, I like the over. Listen, Auburn's been playing good football as of late under Cadillac Williams. If they win this game, they're bowl eligible, so that'd be pretty crazy if they're able to win this game on the road especially. But... I think the spread's just too big for me to even touch that, so I think the over is the safest play at the end of the day. Yeah, I will not touch this spread with a 10-foot ball. Grayson also agrees with, us, agrees with us. He's going to take the over. However, he is the maniac that did take Auburn plus 22, <laughs> so bet responsibly. I mean, listen, if they play like they played the last couple of weeks, maybe Auburn stays in the game, but I, I, I don't want to touch that, like you said, with a 10-inch pole. All right, Nick. Let's stick with the Battle of the States and let's battle of South Carolina right now. With South yeah. Carolina going into Clemson. Clemson minus 14 half point favorites. Over unders at 52. This is gonna be a battle right here. I didn't I, yeah. I didn't expect to say this at the beginning of the year, but this is gonna be some game. Well, I remember you know a couple of weeks ago we we kind of threw this game away because you're thinking, you know, South Carolina hasn't looked really great. And especially after they got blown out by Florida, you knew this game pretty much was a wrap for Clemson. But after what South Carolina just did against Tennessee, you got to give the Gamecocks some credit. They might have a chance to pull off what would be another big-time upset. I don't know if you think it's that. It's, well, it's a combination of South Carolina peaking at the right time and also Clemson kind of on the yeah. downswing right now. So that's what makes it interesting. But uh, I'm not going to touch the spread on this game. 14 and a half minus Clemson. I think that's bad. I am going to take the over, though. I'm going to take the over at 52. I'm right with you on that one. I, I Same same as the last game. I, the spread, I think, is too much. I could easily see South Carolina covering, but I'm not too confident in that because they've been a kind of an, uh, a seesaw type of team where they've been up and down. So I think the best, you know, best case scenario to pick in this game is definitely the over. Yeah, I think both these teams can easily put up 26 points of offense. And obviously, since college football can't end in a tie, You'd have to, uh, you'd have to be broken. So I think this is a safe bet. I would hammer the over. Grayson is going to take South Carolina plus seven alternative spread. So right now it's South Carolina plus fourteen and a half, but he's willing to take a plus seven, give up seven and a half points. So bold of him to pick that. I could definitely see it happening though. Yeah, it's definitely a bold pick. And guess what, Nick? It's still Battle of the States. Yep. We have Oregon versus Oregon State. Oregon going into Oregon State. Spread currently is 58 points. It's the over-under, and the favorite is Oregon minus three. You want to take this one first, Johnson, or want me to go with it? You can go with this one first. All right. I got two picks for this game. Okay. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the under in the game because we're starting to see both these defenses play a little bit better as of late. I actually 
like Oregon State. I won't take the money line, but I'll take them plus three. I think this is a big-time trap game for Oregon. They're going on the road. They need to win this game to get into the Pac-12 championship. And I could easily see them you know, falling at the wheel and losing this one on the road to their big-time rival, Oregon State. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is definitely has trap game written all over it, but I think they already lost their trap game earlier in the season or a couple weeks ago when they lost to Washington. I think that was their trap game. That's fair. So so I'm going to take Oregon minus three here. I can definitely see these happening. I'm not going to touch the over-under in this game because I don't know which one of these teams are going to show up, to be quite honest with you. I, I don't know which version of Oregon and Oregon State we're going to get. So I'm just going to stick with Oregon minus three here, and I'll be content with that. That's fair. Yeah, another Oregon, state uh, rivalry coming up, uh, Johnson. Another yeah, one. But just, to, just to recap, though, Grayson is going to take Oregon money line, so he thinks That's they went out yeah. right. And we are going to be in-state rivalry. You are right with Washington, Washington State here. A lot of state games being played this week. Um, this is the Apple Cup. I could be wrong about that. If anyone, any Washington fan wants to correct me on that, please correct me. But I think this is the, for the Apple Cup. Okay, so this is for the coveted Apple Cup. Not as good as the Iron Bowl or anything else, but hey, it's the Apple Cup. Yeah, double check so, that. As, as, Washington, you, go with your, you go with your pick. Washington on the road versus Washington State. Over under of this game is 61 points even. Favorite is Washington minus two. So I'm going to start this off of saying I don't know what to pick. Uh, Washington State, I, I can't say I've watched a lot of Washington State football, so I don't really think I'd give a true analysis this year. Washington, however, has been very Jekyll and Hyde this year, so I will say their defense has been a little suspect, so I think if Washington State can capitalize on that, the over can definitely hit this game. So your official pick was? The over at 61. Okay. And I'm not going to touch much. I'm not going to touch the over in this game because I think this is just a you know kind of a weird like two teams. I feel like Washington State doesn't score as much as Washington can. Um, I'm going to take Washington money line. I think they're going to get the win outright. Listen, this is a big game because Washington. If Washington wins this game and Oregon loses, Washington will play for the the Pac-12 championship. I had it wrong earlier in the show. I said the other way around. I said Oregon needed to win and Washington needed to lose. I had a mix. Washington needs to win and Oregon needs to lose in order for Washington to play for the Pac-12 championship. I think that's what's going to happen. I think Washington will get the win on the road. And what is the Apple Cup? I am right about that, Johnson. I can't believe I got that one right. Um, I think they'll come out with the victory in the end of the day, and they will play USC for the Pac-12 championship. Wow, that's a very bold prediction. Uh, Grayson tends to agree with both of us. He's taking Washington minus two and the over at 61. So Grayson taking a combination of both our picks uh, in the Apple Cup. I can't now, believe I got Apple Cup. I don't know how the hell I pulled that one off. I don't know where you pulled that one from, but good to you. That's, just, that's, that's your college much, football that's, knowledge. Yeah, that's that's some college football. Um, that's some NCAA uh, knowledge, honestly, from playing all those video games. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it did something for you, right? It did something, apparently, yeah. All right, let's go to the battle of the state of Kansas. We have Kansas on the road going into K-State. Kansas State is the favorite, heavy favorites at home, minus 12, over under 62 and a half. Uh, I'm going to get into this. I, uh, I I was pretty surprised with Kansas getting blown up by Texas last week, so I, I want to trust them to cover a spread. I don't think it will happen again, but I don't want to touch this. I think I'm going to take... Uh, 
misses the Big 12, so I'm going to take over 62.5. Yeah, I'm just going to take the over as well, and I'll take Kansas State money line. Uh, Kansas, uh, listen, they 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 got annihilated last week. They gave up 55 points, so Kansas State could easily put up 55 you know, points in this game as well. Um, listen, Kansas, they might lose this game, but at least they'll be in a bowl game at the end of the season. They're six and I five. I was about so. to say they're playing for a better bowl game right now, so that's what they're really looking forward to. And remember, if Kansas State wins this game, Kansas State will play TCU in the Big Twelve Championship. So Kansas State cannot afford to sleep at the wheel. They have to win this game, or else they potentially, if they potentially lose and Texas wins, then Texas will overtake their spot and they will play for the Big Twelve title. So it's a big time uh, must game for Kansas State. So, can so Grayson likes Kansas State minus twelve. So he agrees with you. Nick on Kansas State money line. Grayson would have it at all day long. But he's gonna take the under here at 62 and a half. So he's a big 12 guy and That's he's bold. taking the under. So I don't know why he's taking that, but maybe he knows something that we don't. So we'll find out in the upcoming week. But this seems like it's not a state game like all like the theme of Auburn, Alabama, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But this feels like a traditional college football rivalry game. With Notre oh, Dame absolutely. going in the USC. I mean, can we call this the Manti Teo Bowl? Can we call that this? Why is it the Manti Teo Bowl? Well, if you remember when Manti Teo first got to Notre Dame, he felt extremely homesick and he wanted to go to USC. Oh, where he he, go, you're right. You're right. So you, you could call this the Manti Teo Bowl because Manti Teo, when he first got to Notre Dame, South Bend, he comes from a... Uh, proud Samoan family that has a lot of family cultural bonds, and he didn't get that in the middle of Indiana. He'd probably get that more on the West Coast in the USC. That's why he felt so homesick. And he said in the beginning, like, "Oh my God, I should have went to USC, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But he ends up at Notre Dame, ends up almost winning a Heisman, and we know the rest of his story. We won't have to get into that right now. But yeah. you can call this the Manti Teo Bowl right here. That's that's fair. That's fair. So Nick, you want to start us off? Um, I just can't see USC losing this game. They've got a lot of momentum going currently for them. And now, I mean, listen, you win this. They're already in the Pac-12 championship. If you win this game and you win the Pac-12 championship, you're pretty much going to be in the college football playoff this upcoming season. I like the Trojans' money line, and I love the over in this game. USC has been really bad defensively on the season. And Notre Dame's offense has been a lot better these last couple of weeks. So I could see a lot of points flying in this game, just like we had last week in USC against UCLA. So I could very much well see in the overhead as well. But I'll take in USC money line. I think th- they can't afford to lose this game or else their season, any national championship hopes are done. All right. So I agree with you on a lot of that. They have to win this game or else their national championships uh, contentions and their aspirations are gone. However, this is the oh. game that it all comes crashing down to USC. I'm not oh, a Notre Dame no. owner. Shout out Ryan Hicks. Uh, I'm taking Notre Dame money line here. Oh, I feel it. I, I'm feeling really good about this pick now because there's a reason why. You'll, you'll say it in a second why, Johnson. Yeah, I, I know really why because Grayson is so confident. You've heard him bash Notre Dame on here multiple times. He's so confident. He's taking Notre Dame minus three. So he's so confident. He's willing to give up eight points right now. Eight and a half points. That is the boldest take. I don't know what the exact odds are in front of me, but it has to be close to plus 300 that his bet is right now. So he's pretty yeah. confident right now. That is a heavy underdog. That's a big time. Uh, listen, I mean, if that does happen, that'd be crazy. But 
with you both picking Notre Dame, I like my chances a lot more with USC, but I could be wrong. This could be a Titans-Packers situation that we had last week. Absolutely, and I guess we'll find out. And finally, probably the biggest game of the week, probably the biggest game of the year. Winner gets a pretty much a spot well, the winner in the gets, playoffs. And they get a spot in the Big Ten Championship. That's what we're really looking to, forward to. And again, There's this is the reason they called the game, Johnson. Sorry, this I mean, is, to interrupt you. This is the game, like you said. We Everyone has, has these fancy names, you know, the Apple Cup or the Iron Bowl or whatever. <laughs> you know, the Apple, who cares? This is the game. This is you Michigan saw, going on the I road. Up, I brought up the Apple Cup. <laughs> I'm never going to get over of that. This is the game, like you said, Michigan on the road going into Ohio State. Ohio State, a heavy favorite touchdown and a, more than a touchdown. Yeah. Ohio State minus seven point five, and the over under is at fifty seven. I don't want to start with this one, Nick. So you're gonna have to. Oh, putting me on the spot. This is tough because with Blake Corum currently injured, I'm not sure what chances Michigan does have in this game. If Corum plays, I like their chances a lot more. But I, I just think Ohio State is the better team on paper, and I, I can't see Ohio State losing back-to-back seasons to Michigan. It hasn't happened in a while. I can't see it happening this time around. I'm going to take the Buckeyes' money line, and I don't think I want to touch the over-under, to be honest, because Michigan's offense will have weeks where they look really good, and then we'll have weeks where they look kind of sus. Meanwhile, for Ohio State, I mean, they we know they can score points. The question is, is it going to be enough to hit the over? I think the safest play for me is just to take Ohio State money line. Oh, man, I don't want to pick this game. I'm going to let Grayson go first. Hey, Grayson, what do you want? Well, Grayson's going to take Michigan plus seven and a half. So I think he's not here. I asked him because of my own insanity right now. Michigan (laughs) plus seven and a half. That's Grayson's pick. He thinks that the Buckeyes are going to win, but Michigan is going to put up a fight and cover. And I can see that very much happening. I really don't know. Like you said, it's so hard to watch Ohio State lose twice in a row to Michigan, especially if they're at home. I'm going to yeah. reverse mushroom. Hopefully, I hope I hope I am wrong a week from today. But I'm going to take Ohio State money line. I'm going to put it on the record. I hope they're wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I reverse mushroom. Listen, but I'm going to take Ohio State money do line. That. You gotta do that sometimes when you're picking these these games, especially when it's your favorite team. I mean, you wanna you know, I did it a couple times. I've done it you know a lot of times this season with the Giants. I remember the London game against the Packers. I picked the Packers, but I was saying, you know what? If the Giants win the game, I'm not mad about it. And it happened. This but is going to be to, you have to do it. one of the craziest games of the year. Uh, it's going to have Alabama-Tennessee vibes, Tennessee-Georgia vibes. This is probably going to be even bigger. The only thing that the only way this game can get bigger is that both these teams are in the SEC. That's the only way this, yeah. game, this game gets bigger. I mean, it's huge because, like I said, the winner plays in the Big Ten Championship. They're pretty much going to be in the college football playoff because at, I mean the other Big Ten division is really they probably don't have a chance I believe Purdue is going to be the team that they have to play in the Big Ten championship and no disrespect to Purdue but they're not Michigan Ohio State they're not that type of team so we'll have to see but for these two teams it's basically win and you're in and if you lose you need a lot of chaos to happen in order to get back into the top four so it's a big-time feel for this game. It's going to be a big-time atmosphere in Columbus at the shoe, as they like to call it, for the as they say, the game. And 
we'll have to see what's going to happen in the, the day. But I, Johnson, I can tell you right now, we're going to have a crazy show next weekend, having to recap all this and figure out who's going to be playing in all these conference championship games and potentially figure out who the top four teams in college football will be going in to the college football playoff uh, season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, and uh, next show might be two hours long. We're going to be a little bit <laughs> under 50 minutes right now because, hey, there wasn't really that much stuff going on, really only one big upset and a couple of the majority of the stuff we had to talk about were these upcoming games because there's so much on the line this week, like you said, that the I mean, focus it's rivalry right now week. Is, is the next week. And, the, yeah, you're right. This is the second best time of the year. Yeah, I mean, this is the best time for college football fans because it's rivalry week. So not only are you trying to get a big-time win against your rival, but for most of these teams, this is realistically trying to punch your ticket to the college football playoff. And at the end of the day, we're going to find out who is going to be playing in these big-time conference championship games and maybe getting a little bit better of a clear picture as to who will be the top four teams at the end of the season. But I think that's going to do it for our college football discussion here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Another interesting week in college football. Tennessee has fallen. We now see LSU and USC move up in the poll. Who will finish in the top four at the end of the year? Still got two weeks to figure that one out, but we'll have to see who plays in next week's conference championship games. Once again, I am Nick Bavona, joined alongside Andrew Johnson. We thank you for listening to the All Gas No Break Sports Show, and please enjoy your Thanksgiving week.